It's Tuesday, October the 13th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Amy Coney Barrett at the Senate and Britain's pandemic plan. First, the world in brief. America's Senate Judiciary Committee began confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett, President Donald Trump's latest pick for the Supreme Court. Democrats warned that Ms. Barrett, as a conservative ideologue, would imperil the Affordable Care Act. Republicans praised her commitment to the rule of law. In 2016, they refused to hear out a nominee of Barack Obama's, arguing against making any appointment in an election year. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, set out plans for a three-tiered system of local restrictions for England designed to control the spread of COVID-19 without requiring a nationwide lockdown. Regions will be on medium, high or very high alert, each of which will entail different rules. The number of COVID-19 cases in Britain has risen significantly in October, especially in the north of England. European foreign ministers agreed to draw up proposals to impose sanctions on Russia over the poisoning of Alexei Navalny, a prominent critic of Vladimir Putin, Russia's president. They also expressed willingness to impose more sanctions on those involved in the repression of protesters in Belarus, including Alexander Lukashenko, the country's president, who stole August's election. Northern Cyprus's presidential election failed to produce a definitive result. Neither Mustafa Akinci, the pro-reunification incumbent, nor Ersin Tata, who favours permanent division between the Turkish Cypriot North and Greek Cypriot South, received 50% of the vote, though with most precincts having now reported, Mr Tata was narrowly ahead. The two will compete in a runoff on Sunday. India's government said it would inject $10 billion into the economy to boost demand during the pandemic. It is to spend an extra $3.4 billion on infrastructure and to provide interest-free loans worth $1.6 billion to states whose revenues have been battered. Economists reckon it is not enough. GDP fell by 24% year-on-year in the quarter that ended in June. Unilever's shareholders overwhelmingly voted to end the consumer goods firm's 90-year-old dual British and Dutch listing in favour of a London-only entity. In 2018, investors rejected a proposed change to a Rotterdam-only structure, fearing the effect of relinquishing its position on Britain's FTSE 100 share index. A punitive exit tax floated by Dutch politicians may yet scupper the move. And Johnson & Johnson said it was suspending phase three trials of its COVID-19 vaccine following an unexplained illness in a study participant. The American drug maker noted that so-called serious adverse events are to be expected during large trials. A rival vaccine being developed by the University of Oxford and AstraZeneca was paused and later restarted for similar reasons last month. And now, here's today's agenda. Marking their own homework, UN Human Rights Council. Today, the United Nations elects 15 new members to its Human Rights Council. Each will be responsible for upholding human rights at home and abroad. Candidates are selected from regional groups and must get 97 votes from the General Assembly's 193 members. For many, ascension seems a fait accompli. Some, including Cuba and Russia, have no competition in their regions, making their election virtually guaranteed. 
Others, such as China, Pakistan and Saudi Arabia, face challenges but are expected to be elected because of their influence in the UN. That all five countries are known human rights violators has outraged human rights groups. China's candidacy has elicited particular anger given its treatment of Uyghur Muslims, including mass detention, involuntary sterilization and forced labor. Such objections, though justified, are sure to be fruitless. Complaining about the human rights records of those the UN appoints to support human rights is a ritual almost as old as the organization itself. Sour or sweet, the new iPhone and Apple's prospects. Apple will at last reveal its new iPhone models today. As always, the firm has kept tight-lipped about the device's standout features other than naming the launch event High Speed. Many expect them to be able to connect to 5G networks, the zippy next generation of mobile technology. This, analysts predict, will trigger a new iPhone super cycle with sales growing at rates in the double digits. Such predictions have helped Apple's share price to surge by nearly 60% this year, driving its market capitalization above $2 trillion. Yet more cautious voices say that the moment is not yet ripe. Superfast 5G networks are not yet widespread, least of all in America, and consumers tend to hold on to their devices longer nowadays. In the midst of a pandemic, many lack the cash for a new i-something. But if the tech titan has timed the release correctly, it will be a sweet apple-picking season. Prime Time – Amazon Opens Spending Season Amazon today kicks off its Prime Day, in fact lasting 48 hours, offering Bonanza discounts on a host of items. Like last year, other retailers, most notably Walmart and Target, have jumped on the bandwagon by holding their own online super sales. Unlike last year, Prime Day 2020 is being held in October instead of July. Amazon says that the delay has been caused by the pandemic, but shifting Prime Day to October will also help jumpstart an end-of-year holiday shopping season made unpredictable by COVID-19. Prime Day is a real money spinner for Amazon. Last year's event generated $7 billion in sales alone, and this year's could top $10 billion. Still, those sales are a minuscule proportion of its annual revenue, which last year topped $280 billion. The promotion's bigger aim is to attract and keep subscribers to Prime, who spend more than twice as much on Amazon products in a year as non-subscribers do. Smoothing the way, Ireland's budget Ireland's coalition government, made up of Fianna Foyle, Fianna Gael and the Green Party, has had a rocky start since taking office in June. Early into his time as Taoiseach, or Prime Minister, Michael Martin was forced to sack a minister. Another soon resigned, along with Ireland's EU commissioner, after they breached public health guidelines to attend a Gulf Society dinner. Recently, the virus's resurgence has necessitated stricter lockdown measures. This has hurt Fianna Foyle, the largest party in the coalition in the polls. It trails Fianna Gael and the main opposition party Sinn Féin. The budget published today will probably be the largest in Ireland's history. A stimulus package worth up to 5 billion euros, 5.9 billion dollars is expected, aimed at tackling the effects of both the pandemic and Brexit. Health spending will get a boost and there will be new pandemic assistance programmes for businesses. The government hopes it will also provide a chance for a reset. 
bidding award, the Nobel Prize for Economics. Yesterday, Sweden's Riksbank awarded the Nobel Prize for Economics to Paul Milgram and Robert Wilson, both of Stanford University, for their work on the theory and practice of auctions. Their research deepened the profession's understanding of auctions in complex settings, such as when bidders are unsure about what their rivals know or when many different goods are being sold. Yet their practical contributions were also significant. Governments selling valuable public resources have two aims, to fetch a good price and to allocate the resources to buyers who will get the most value from them. The laureates helped invent auction formats balancing these concerns, facilitating the sale of lucrative slices of radio spectrum. Their innovations have since been adapted to sales of other assets, including natural resources and electricity. The prize is one of several in recent years to reward a more engineering-like approach to economics with direct welfare-enhancing applications, a nudge perhaps to younger scholars. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, who was born on this day in 1948. A man learns all his life and dies the day he thinks that he has learned everything. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.